Hey, Chuck, we got Les out. <laughs> so, Les, man, let's, uh, hey, before we get started, so t- kind of tell us how you got into coaching. Position you coach. Position you coach and, and what you do for that. Role on staff. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, I was going to college. <laughs> I didn't want to be a coach. And then, I was, <laughs> believe it or not, I was pre-med. I went to go be a doctor. I want to be an anesthesiologist. Well, I got two years into that. And, <laughs> And I realized I didn't want to go six more. So, and I missed football. I missed the, the aspect. I missed my coaches. I missed everything about it. So, I called my my offensive coordinator, my O line coach, because I was a tight end. I said, "Do you think I could be a coach?" He said, "I think you'd be the best coach I've ever ever come out of Rush." I said, "Okay, cool. I don't agree with that because <laughs> we've had some good coaches in Rush." And um, and so I I talked to them, and they called uh, Rafe Watkins. At Guthrie High School yeah. to say if I could volunteer coach, and so I'm living in Stillwater, going to school, and I'm you know a junior going to my junior year, so I go meet them. They let me come help out there two years. Um, did a I learned a lot of football from Ref, Rafe Watkins and Kelly Beebe and all those guys on staff. Learned a lot of football because I mean there that's a top program in five A, one right. of the top programs, and they're still the same program as when I was there, and so real close to that staff and. I came to graduate and I needed a job and BB's like, well, we don't got no jobs here, boss. <laughs> and I said, all right. Um, so I walked into Rafe's office and I said, hey, I, I need a job somewhere. He goes, well, wherever you want to be, I'll, you know, I'll help you get. And I looked on the job board and Kingfisher came open and went to Kingfisher. I was like, hey, I need help getting a job at Kingfisher. He goes, that's fine. He was my college roommate. <laughs> Smart <laughs> perfect. So, Ray Watkins and Jeff Myers were, you know, the Michael Malone back at Northwestern together. So they're real close. He got me the job there. I spent three great years there. Went to Rush Springs for two to coach my little brothers and then went to Texas to a little town called Levon. Uh, it's a 4A school down there. So it's about the same size as Elgin, actually, but it's just four small towns together. I coached there for three years. Had to move my kids back close to grandparents, moved back to Rush, trying to find a job, and luckily ended up at Elgin. Uh, called one day, just on the board. It was July when I found this posting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I called. I just picked up the phone because I was just working for a buddy. I wasn't even in education. I was getting out. And I uh, looked on there, and I called, you know, had a phone number for Chalmer, and I called him, and he thought probably I was the biggest slap in the world because it was like 9 o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> And he told me, I mean, he told me, he goes, uh, yeah, you can send your stuff, but I'm pretty sure he got the job filled because, I mean, no one calls at 9 o'clock on a Saturday for a job. And he, I sent him my stuff, and he emailed me Sunday morning. like, hey, can you come in for an interview on Monday? Came in Monday at 8 a.m. and took the job here. But as far as positions I've coached, the only thing I think I haven't coached over my 14 years of doing this is secondary. What are you doing now for the, for the Owls? I'm the inside linebackers coach and running backs coach. I'm, okay. I'm kind of a dual type person. I'm mainly on the defensive side, but I, when I first came here, they had an offensive job, so I started with B-backs, and then it's kind of slowly pushed me into the uh, defensive side where I'm more comfortable. That's where I like to be is okay. defense. And then we'll talk a little bit throughout the throughout the night kind of on some of the things, but you're also the strength guy, right? Strength yes. conditioning guy as yes. well. I am, uh, you know – I really enjoy the strength and conditioning. I'm a football coach that loves strength and conditioning, not a strength and conditioning coach that loves football. Yeah. There's, a, there's a difference. There's a big difference. There's a yeah. big difference. So I'm not going to say I'm a, I'm the strength, a strength right. guy, but right. I, I love strength and conditioning. It's one of my passions, but it isn't my main passion. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, there's strength guys out there that 
that are, that dabble in football, and yeah. then there's football guys that that dabble in shrimp. So yes. glad to clarify that. Yeah. What's one of the biggest functions when it comes to strength and conditioning that you see that uh, relates to football? Um, man, you got to be strong. You have to be strong. If you're not strong, you don't have a base strength. Um, you won't be able to run fast. Like if you're, you can't be a skinny kid that's fast. That just doesn't work out in football. Right. And you won't have the hamstring strength. You won't have the quad strength or the core strength to run if you don't have a little bit of strength with you. Um, you want to be fast. You have to be strong, and you have to have a base strength. And that's one of the things you see nowadays. A lot of people don't have a base strength. You can right. see high school kids that can't do push-ups, can't pump out ten push-ups, or do four pull-ups. And I'm not talking about kipping and kicking your thing. They just don't have a base strength about their body. Right. And so right. you have to have that to be able to function, to get off the toilet in the mornings. You have to be able to have some type of base strength. Well, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, it's not so much on the high school level, uh, especially at a program like ours. But, I mean, a lot of people don't understand how much time – how much more time kids spend with strength and conditioning coaches than they do with actual football coaches. Yeah. I mean, in the college level, I mean that they spend 10 months out of the year, 12, nine months out of the year with the strength and conditioning coordinator because there's rules on how much coaches can have access to kids mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other, and how much football work can be done. But as long as it falls on the strength and conditioning part of it. So, I mean, that's why, I mean, a guy like Scott Cochran that was at Alabama and now is at Georgia, I mean, he's he runs – if you ask that, I mean, he runs those programs more than Nick Saban and Kirby Smart does because he's the guy – obviously, he's getting his instructions from Kirby and, and Nick and things like that. But, I mean, those guys spend more time with you guys as strength guys than they do with their position coaches and their head coaches and things like that. I mean, but this year's strength – Talking about kind of the off season, I know we're four weeks into the season, but kind of going back to the off season and things like that. I mean, this year it seems like there was much more of a concerted effort for not only the coaches but for the kids to make sure that they were there, and that has translated to onto the field. I mean, Shea Spencer looks like a whole, completely different kid. Colin Donnelly looks like he's way faster. Um, Andre Crabtree looks a lot different. So does Trey Crabtree. I mean, and that's just some kids off the top of my head. I mean, I know a lot of the kids have, have created, have done did great things during the offseason. Trey Floor is another one to think of. But, I mean, talk about t- kind of that that emphasis this summer and how hungry they were going into this summer for this season. Man, I, I don't know if it's just this summer, but it's been a, it's been a four- to five-year journey with these those seniors. Like, I have to give all the credit to Bo Bethard. I know Cody mentioned him last week, but Bo Bethard's the reason we're like where we are right now. And I'm a hundred percent behind that. That's the guy that was before me, the strength guy. He he worked the ground before I even got here. Like, you know, he taught these kids the correct way to lift. He taught the kids the passion for the weight room. He taught everything about it. He worked the ground. He planted the seed. He made those kids excited about the weight room. And all I had to do was come water the seed, and then I'm getting to you know reap the harvest basically. Okay. So he instilled that in there, and you know we're two. We're not completely different, but he was a strength guy that loved football. Okay. Yeah. And so he is by far one. He is a way better strength coach than I will ever be. <laughs> I can promise you that. And I still call him when I have questions about things or I don't understand things because he's he's smarter than me in that situation. Right. But he planted that seed, and all I got to do was turn up the volume. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And it's just a natural progression of where it started with him. So he did the things before I did, and all I did was got to continue his process. Like, 
he had it in the ground ready to roll and I just kind of turned up the volume, put a little bit of weight on it and it, we're reaping what he did at the beginning. And when that happens, you know, when someone comes in and does all that, it's easier for people like right. me to go ahead and start the young guys. So I'm doing the same stuff he's doing, he did with the ninth graders, but it's easier because they can look up and go, well, Matt Lund's doing this. Yeah. Keith Ferguson's doing this. You know, they, he got them excited. Now they're all, it's, it's routine. It's part of the tradition. It's part of the culture because of what he did. And all I got to do was just turn up the volume. You know, and it's not um, all weight room work. No. I mean, people think of people think of it and think you know. I mean, it's all about doing the lifting and doing some of that type of stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of it also comes on the track and, and on the field with, with plyometrics and calisthenics and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I mean, we live four days a week year round. Yeah. Okay, and one day is what I call mobilities, and so that's the way you're talking about on the track and doing different things like that. And there's a different, you know, some days we'll do more, do less, but they have a weight class. What's great about where I'm at right now, they have a weight class. Okay. So at all during the day, first hour, second hour, third hour, or fifth hour, all these athletes are coming down and lifting. So in the off season, seventh hour, I don't have to worry about lifting because they've already lifted. Okay. Now during the off season, we get to spend some time working different strength parts, you know, working a core strength or working their hamstrings or working, you know, some plyometrics like you're talking about. Quick twitch type stuff and, and all that. Also, what's great about that, it's not just me doing that. Our track coach sold out to it. You know, he, you know, Feed the Cat was what he called it. He got a program. And me and him worked really well together um, all, all the offseason, starting in January. We usually don't send our kids to track until like February or into March. Right. But Coach Hughes me and talked during November, December, like, let's start this in January. Let's start it right okay. there. So I did the kind of weight room and the sleds and the band top work. You know, pulling bands, pulling sleds, and then he started teaching them how the A series stuff, how to fire him, and the proper way to run. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's one of the biggest things out there. People don't know how to run. Yeah, and you can knock off two tenths, give or take, of a forty time with just learning to run. Yeah, because um, I mean, yeah, no, not many people understand yeah. the concept. It's swaying and whatever else. But can I go into depth a little bit about that? Do you want to? You want me to yeah, I mean, you have to have the right technique, you know, and it's not just like people hear, you know, ear to hip with your hands, it's that, but it's also learning how to drive your hip flexor yeah. up and then coming back and striking with the right part of your toe and right part of your foot. And there's drills to break that down. And that's what they call an A series. And we did it every day this summer. A jumps, A and J skips, A things, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, so when I was in high school, it was kind of in the beginning of it to a certain degree um I, in new orleans there was a guy called there was a guy named tom shaw um who um was the strength he was the track coach he was part of the track coaching team at florida state um and now he works out a ton of the he's down based out of orlando now he's in new orleans at the time but um he's the one that kind of got me involved in it and got me to understand it and things like that he Coach Prime's all in the news, stuff like that. He was he was on Florida State staff uh, when Prime was there, and and so during the off season he would work out Prime uh, and things like that. I mean, yeah, it's it's all about learning, reteaching yourself how to run, just like you would teach yourself how to um, block, how to um, take the proper steps. I mean, running is a it's a technique. Everybody, yeah, it's a technique. Everybody thinks, oh, I, I, I mean, everybody can run. You just get out there and you just start doing it. But to run properly, it is a full-blown technique that 
you know, starts with your hands and, and starts with your eyes and then yeah. it goes all the way down to your toes and your feet. And I mean, it's a, when you learn it, 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 it makes you think differently of running and it makes you think different of like those track stars and some of that type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, coach Hughes, me and him talked about it and you know, I can teach it. And, but Coach Hughes can teach it better. So why not have Coach Hughes teach it? And right. this summer we had him come out one day a week, and he taught it. He taught it to our entire staff and our entire football team, and we did it once Lean. a week. Lean's a big thing. I yeah. Mean, a lot of people, you know, yeah, you know, think straight up. I mean, this, that, and the other. And that's just a compliment of our staff. Yeah. You know, not just the football staff, but our whole staff as the coaches at Elgin. Like, that's a track coach that has nothing to do with football, and he's coming out during the summer on his summer break to teach us right. at 10 o'clock. And he did it with her. And we started doing it with their junior high and everything. So that's awesome. It's it's just a big thing like that. And, you know, we kind of sold out to being great, you know, yeah. and, you know, the enemy of greatness is good. And so we're tired of being good enough. And we sold out to be great as a staff, you know. And Coach Hughes, he's a great human. And he's just not, I'm just really happy that he's part of our staff and he's in the office all day and he cares about football. He traveled to El Reno, you know, yeah, to yeah. look at it. So it's just one of those things like you had to use our resources around us and he's a great resource that we use for speed and he's all about us being faster. Of course, when the football team's fast, the means the track. track. <laughs> right, right, so right. He's kind of helping himself, but, you know, we're all in this together at Elgin. That's what's great. But when you look at our games, I mean, that's one thing that, 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 people from the outside talk about is our team speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's one thing that that obviously has translated. And and like I said, looking at game tape and, look, and looking at live, live, being there live in the stadium, things like that, you can tell certain kids are faster yes. this year. Yes. I mean, Matt Lund's always been fast, but this year he has a different gear. Yes. Um, Colin Donnelly has a way different gear he, this year. Yeah. Keith Ferguson and Jace even have a different gear. I mean, on one of those, on one of, on Matt's second quarter touchdown run, the counter, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jace is ten yards in front of him, pushing down the DB. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's running. He's out there running with Jace. I mean, so that's yeah. that's yeah. a cool thing to see. And I guess as a strength guy, I mean, that's yeah. a cool thing to see. Yeah. Like, hey, I, yes. I wasn't just going through the motions this <laughs> yes. summer. And, and, I mean, Keith, from January, you know, he didn't play baseball this year, and neither did Jace because, you know, Jace had an injury. Right. So they came to track, and, you know, Jace and them didn't really do track, but they learned how to run. Right. And so you can see them out there doing those A-series. Now, listen, the first couple times <laughs> they did that A-series and learned how to run, it was it was comical, you know. Yeah. But they tried, and they got better, and they got faster. Same thing with Chase Spencer. He was out there doing the same stuff. And Chase Spencer can run for a big – Yes, he can. And so Colin was out there doing the same stuff, and Colin put took so much time off his forty. It's uh, re- you won't even believe me if I told you what he started at to what he finished. You don't uh, call me out; it's crazy, uh, and that the relations are wrong. But it's ridiculous, and you can see on game film. No, you definitely can. I mean, he he is he's two or three steps faster than he was last year. So there's no more. There's not as much arm tackling, and I mean that people don't understand that. When you think about speed, I mean, you think about straightaway speed and things like that. But side to side speed for linebackers. Is so important because if you're if you're a you know a tenth of a second faster than the forty, a two tenths of a second faster than forty, that now puts you head up in that hole to that person rather than reaching out with your arm. Yeah, uh, and that goes a long way. I mean, you reach out with your arm so often, that arm's gonna start having some issues right. and things like that. And you know, you talk about how fast Matt Lund is, but he's not even the fastest person on our team. Who, so who would that be? Is that is it? It's one of the trays. I would it assume. Is. It okay. is. It is. is it Harris Trey or? Harris. Okay. Is it Trey Harris, Harris has our fastest forty time. Okay. But Matt Lund has our fastest flying ten time. So it's yeah. a whole different thing. In the right. flying ten, 
you know, I, 40s are cool, and that's what everybody wants to talk about, and that's what but everybody knows. But at the end of the day, I mean, how often do you run a 40 in a football game? No. <laughs> that, that old rod from, you know, a long time ago, they wanted to see how fast you could cover a punt. Right. So that's where the 40-yard dash came from. Right. How fast can you cover a punt? punt. But nowadays, everything's kind of, you know, it's my personal yeah. opinion is going towards the flying 10, and that's more game speed. I mean, when you look at running backs, they're seven yards from the ball. They're building up. Yeah. How are they at full speed flying the scrimmage? Backers yeah. are five. You know, people running routes at ten. And one of my one of my favorite is the 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 five ten five sh- yeah. shuttle. Yeah, because yeah. that's changing directions. That's kind of everything involved there. Mm-hmm. That's, you got you got some time where you can actually build up some speed, but you're also changing directions. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's, that's the biggest really part. Because there's kids that are straightaway fast right. that can't go side to side. Yeah, um, t- most track kids are straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, where and they can't move side to side. So that's why you always, all of a sudden you're like, oh, you Bolt would be great in football. No, I don't know how much he can move side to side. Right. Um, some of those things. Yeah. Can you explain the flying ten real quick? So flying ten is you get a you know you can choose your build up speed your build up yardage. We do ten yards, so right. you get a build up speed for ten yards, and we measure with our lasers because we have lasers that can time it. You know when we talk about forty times, a lot of people talk about hand times and stuff yeah. like that. We're lucky enough to have the ability to have lasers, and that's something else John Hughes did for us. He bought lasers with the track money. You know he lets football use them because you know I'm in the right. day using them, and so. For ten, we measure how fast you can get that next ten yards. So yeah. you build up for ten, and then you sprint as hard as you can for ten. And so you know that's at the top of a route, or that's coming downhill with the tackle, or that's you know getting the ball and hitting the line of scrimmage. You get that build up, and then you're gone. I'm looking forward to. So we got a new deal with OSN where we where we can measure the speed of kids. I don't oh, know if you've seen it. So yeah. we can measure the speed of kids and, and Matt on the 99 when got to 19.9 ne- didn't top 20 he would have but he switched on yeah he was oh, so man. close to top of 20 and it was it was awesome to watch um to to see just how like the change in it throughout the run and things like that so that's a pretty cool deal that and we won't have it in the live section of the game but we will have it yeah. as once the highlights come in and things like that and that's what's cool about our our timing system and our lasers is that we can it coordinates the speed for us how fast yeah. we go and matt's broke 20 multiple times okay. so, so that's awesome he's i think he's got up to 21 and a half okay trey, mm. yeah and trey harris is right there trey crabtree boy he can move okay because I mean, move, move, and, and they do it in the NFL. I mean, I think the top one right now in the NFL is somewhere twenty-two five. I don't know if anybody's reached twenty-three yet. Yeah, don't don't quote me on that, but it's like twenty-two five, twenty-two seven, somewhere in there. Yeah. Tyreek Hill's got like three or four of the fastest times yeah. in that thing. <laughs> um, but I mean, when you start thinking about it, I mean, you know. If Matt's in those twenties, I mean he's not that far off. Now that's a well, big 20, difference. From twenty to twenty one is a twenty big twenty difference. is a big difference. It's a mile an hour, but I mean it's cool to see an eighteen year old kid to yes. a to a you know thirty something year old grown man. You know, and, and he they're not weak either. They're not just fast kids. Like no. you Trey Crabtree, we're talking about one of the fast kids on our team, but. You know, he's a 295-pound bencher at 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some weight moving. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we have multiple yeah. kids that can do that. Well, you see a lot of, you know, like I said, they, and, and we've talked about this throughout the, we talked about it a ton during kind of the preseason. Um, they're still young. Mm-hmm. And so some of like the Trace Laura's and, and, and Shea Spencer's, and they finally kind of, 
a lot of it has to do with the lifting now. But like I said, I didn't know a way to put it in the first part of the season. So I was like, they kind of gotten rid of some of that baby fat. And I mean, now they're, they're growing into their bodies because they're obviously maturing, but also the weight is the weight lifting and all that's kind of coming into play. So, I mean, they're now, you know, last year, some of them looked like I said, some of that baby fat, yeah. not necessarily chubby or anything along those lines, but just not developed and not. But now you look at us and you go, "Oh, wow, okay." Yeah. Uh, you look at the offensive line as a whole, and you're like, "Okay, that's a pretty good looking bunch there." Yes. Yes. Shay only made way two thirty, but his two thirty looks pretty. I wish he weighed two thirty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but the way he looks, I mean, it look it's a it's a pretty weight, even though he's not, you know. 300 pounds yes. like you want an offensive lineman to be but then you uh, we also talked about this i mean you also have other coaches saying your left side is so big and so dominant but your right side is so dang athletic mm-hmm. that it's a crazy mix and it and obviously it works well for us yeah i mean we i calculated to their day just because i was bored when we have <laughs> when we have colin in that tight end okay when colin is on the left side that left side from guard to tight end weighs 801 pounds and when he's on the right side, it's 635. So there's a big difference. That's a big difference, right? But you don't – when you see that, sometimes you think, oh, my God, we got to protect the right side. Pressure's going to no. be coming from there and this, that, and the other. And, and in game games, we haven't seen in, – in in real-life games, we haven't seen that. No. Shea's done a great job. I think one of the best things was moving Shea out to that tackle um, and, and allowing him to – like. You can use your athletic ability at center, don't get me wrong, by any stretch of the imagination, but Carson's done a great job there at center and allowing Shea to play right tackle has made it made us a much scarier, better offense, right. in my opinion. Yes. Shea's an athlete. Yeah. He's 220 pounds, 225 on a good day, and he is an athlete. He's probably one of the most explosive athletes we have on the offensive line. Like you talk about someone that can end up being a freakish athlete is Chase Spencer. Like he is freakish. Like the things he can do in the weight room and things. You're like, man, you're only two twenty and you're exploding like that. It's it's awesome. Well, and and it and it you see it more on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. because defense is you know as an offensive lineman. I mean, you're kind of involved in the scrum and whatnot. But on the defensive side of the ball, you really see him popping mm-hmm. on the film and popping in in the real games. Um, and using, like you said, that explosiveness and some of that type yeah. of stuff. I mean, on Collins' interception, I mean, that was a super athletic play. You don't <laughs> understand how athletic that was for him to rush, realize he's about to throw it, stop, jump, tip the ball, and then allow Collins to come underneath it and get the interception. Um, so, since we're talking about Collins and Shea right there, let's go ahead and jump into that. Like, uh, one of the things, uh, the players of the week, Shea, he's a rough rider of the week, right? He is. So, uh, how did that? How did that come to play? Other than like, I, I, I believe it was when Richen was running the ball back off the interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like Shea was hanging with him a little bit. Yeah, Shea. <laughs> so, yeah, so Booty, yeah, Booty, Booty, Booty thinks that that Richen's out of shape. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> he ain't. That just comes back. To Nobody's that. ever expected to run hundred yards on a football field. No. <laughs> But, <laughs> you know, that just goes back to a little bit of drill work. Not going to lie to you. We do pursuit every day. You know, we, we have a, a rabbit that runs to the side with the tag off the hip, tag off. And then we do an interception, and everybody has to get outside the numbers and take off running. And that's just, you know, 
muscle memory for Shea and all those guys. Oski, time to roll. Let's roll out and get in front of well, it. Was so awesome. It was awesome to that, see. Yeah, that play was awesome to see in person. And you yeah. look up and there's six people in front of him. You know, and you're going, oh, there's no way he's going to get tackled now unless yeah. he just right. – no, Ritz he could have ran out of bounds at like the 20 because he was tired or whatever. But, Boy, uh, he better not. <laughs> he decided to take it all away. <laughs> but talk about – yeah, so but just talk about Shea, going back to kind of what Derek was talking about. Talk about Shea being the rough rider of the week. Man, and, he's a kid that is, you know, enjoyable to be around. He came out and he graded well. He played really well. He played physical and he played both sides of the ball. He played four quarters on both sides of the ball. Right. And, Still great. I don't know what his grade was. It was, in, you know, in the 90s. You know, you had Coach Castro on here, and he was talking about the grading system. I think he graded in the 90s and played both ways. That's hard to do. Yeah. And so he just came out, and he played his tail off. And, you know, he's a he's fun to be around. He likes to goof. He's kind of a goofy kid, and he just <laughs> – he's fun. You know, and I – like I said, I get a different relationship than Coach Castro does with him because I'm the strength guy, so I'm, you know – you know, you called it the bully one time on this show, and you know I listened. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hey, hey. <laughs> we'll talk about his vertical later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a great he's a great kid. So I have a different relationship. So I get a joke and kind of razz a little bit yeah. more than he Coach Casher does. But and he's just kind of goofy sometimes. He calls me little guy every time he sees me. <laughs> you know, I'm not that little. <laughs> As far as uh, what, what about the uh, special teams player of the week, Dylan Brown? Dylan Brown's a senior for us. He he has no regard for his body, so he goes and he throws it around anywhere he can, and he is going to be a car crash. You know, we have a couple on the team that way, but he is doing whatever it takes to win. And he ran down and made some good tackles on kickoff and does things right. Yeah, there every day. You don't have to worry about Dylan Brown being there. And Dylan Brown is one of those seniors that's, you know, he doesn't get a start on offense or defense, but he's He's there, and he's you know he's the next guy up, and he's all and he's okay. You know he wants to play, so he goes out there in special teams on all of our special teams and just throws his body around and deserving. Well, that's awesome for the like a, a kid like him. Like you said, I mean, doesn't get to play much on offense and defense, but doesn't put his head down and say, you know, a I'm going to quit or mm-hmm. b you know. I'm not running down on special teams. I'm a senior and some of that type of stuff. But I mean, for him to you know, hey, I need to find a way to contribute. Yes. And this is my best way to do it. And then it's not good. only not only do it, but excel at it yes. and get named especially player of the week. That's I mean, that's the type of kids that will win you playoff games, will win you close games, yes. and things like that. Because you can't always rely on Matt and Trace and, and those guys. I mean, sometimes Sometimes there's going to be an unsung hero, and I mean that's a that's that's an awesome deal for him to win that award. Um, but it's all, but it also shows his character and, and his upbringing to to to, to be willing to, to yeah. do that position and yeah, do that, he's, that type of stuff. You know, DB. You know, we call him DB, and because Dylan Brown, and he loves to just go <laughs> hit. Like he's a running back too. People don't know that he goes to running back individual, and he always looks at him and goes, "Am I going to play running back?" I'm like, man. Do you want to play running back? He goes, Coach, I'd rather play defense. I'm like, I'm like boss, I'd rather coach defense too, right now. Let's go. So, but no, I'm just kidding. I love, I love my running backs. I love coaching them. It's, I have the easiest job in the world, you know. Right? You got two pretty good ones right now. Well, you got probably five pretty good ones when you look at Bryce Martin and and Tanner and Antuna and, and those guys. I mean, you, you know, got a ton of them yes. right now. And so it's easy for me to coach. It's, I mean, I just show up and we go through some drills and that's, you know, 
I'd critique here and there. And what's awesome right now about the B-back room is, you know, some of those young guys get in it and they start running and they do, do different things. And I'll look at Matt Lund and Matt Lund's coaching them. And that's a good thing about Yeah, no, that, that's important. You know, and I look at it. Because Matt did, and then here's the thing, nothing against those the, the players and things like that, but when Matt was fresh, Matt, Matt didn't have that. No, he didn't. Um, he didn't. And you know? uh, like I said, nothing, I don't know who was in the room at that time or whatever, but I mean, Matt was a guy since he's been a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt didn't have that. So it's awesome that he has taken that role yes. and ran with it. And what's funny is, you know, uh, Trey Crabtree was a running back as a freshman, right. Right, sophomore. We didn't move him out to receiver till last year, I think. And so he sees him running too, and he's looking at me. And one of them fumbled one day in the mesh part, and you know I I can't handle fumbles, <laughs> and I don't I don't respond <laughs> properly to him. Let's say all the kids start looking at me when when the B backs fumble, and I can't remember which one it was. It's a couple weeks back, and. They said he didn't get it to me, hit my hip. And Trey Crouchery is, it's always the running back's fault. Just ask coach. <laughs> so it's always so your you fault. Yeah, it's always your fault, you know. And that's what I tell them. I, they don't don't pass the blame. The ball's on the ground and it can't happen. So, but I like my running backs. It's fun. It's easy to coach them right now and it's enjoyable. Um, so yeah, that's good. Competition breaks success. Dude. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah, we've talked about it with Trace over the years and things like that. Trace is now, like I said, got a little bit of competition there, but and it's more from the coaching because mm-hmm. TJ has gave him kind of a new, yeah. a new set of you know a new set of standards and a new set of you know no effort balls <laughs> none of that type of stuff. Yeah. Where I mean, he's he's learning and growing from it too. You know, I give TJ a hard time, but he is a good addition to our staff. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. He, I mean, he's a young, a young coach. Very young, and, yeah. But he is knowledgeable and he does well in that quarterback room. You well, know? and and the, and not only in the quarterback room though, too. I mean, other the other kids realize. Yeah. I mean, they they adapt well to him because I mean he's he's young. Um, can't sugarcoat that he's not young. No. Um, but but like I said, I mean, he has the respect of the, the entire locker room. Mm-hmm. Because I think the locker room also likes that he's pushing Trace. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, sometimes, I mean, as an ex-quarterback, sometimes, you know, you're the leader, and it, but sometimes the team looks at you a little bit differently because you're handled a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> it's just the way it is. I mean, you, you've yes. been in enough locker rooms and things like that. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, oh, well, what's, what, what does the baby want? So that so the whole team's going to, you know, it's things like that. Yeah. But TJ holds them to a different standard. Right. Uh, and I really, I think that has also made Trace a better teammate and a better quarterback at the end of the day. Yeah, when you look at it in the practice and they're doing, the entire quarterback room is doing push-ups for interceptions during practice, that's a different, you know, mindset. Right. And it, it, it might have not been traced that there, but he's doing push-ups because when they're Because somebody else, right. Somebody else so did. It's, it's accountability with one another and it's, right. It's good. It's yeah. good. You know. No, he's he's good with the the younger kids too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, he holds them to a different standard, even though they're quarterbacks. I know he, he talks to Dax a lot about you know handling business and being honest with him. And yeah, you know, I love that shit. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just gotta walk away. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we did Rough Rider. We did uh, special teams. Charlie Rax. Who's yeah. that one? Uh, Rich and Mark. Ritson. He had uh, one interception for 97 yards, and he had plus uh, two rushing touchdowns this week. Yeah, and then, I don't know how many rushing yards, but I don't either. I, you know, they always ask me the stats, and I'll have to look them up. I don't have yeah. them memorized. Uh, same thing with tackles. He, he's a kid, you know, that 
is always going to have a chance to be one of the players of the game. Yeah. And he's fun to watch. He's fun to do things. He We gave him sharp nash because he did it on both sides of the ball. You know, he had a defense and offensive touchdown. He had tackles. He had big play moments. And he's a kid that, you know, he could have taken one side of the ball off. He only got four carries on offense. But, yeah. it was, you know, that's just because of the play, you know, not right. just like play calling, but just because of the situations when he was in there. And he had to play a lot on defense, so he didn't get as many offensive reps, you know. It's kind of hard to send you out there to run the ball when you're tongue saying out because you just didn't want, you had to stop a 12 Yeah, now defense was on the field a ton. The first half we had 39. We had 11 offensive plays and they had 39. Yeah. I mean, so defense is on the field a ton. So, I mean, it, that, like you said, that – that's hard. That's hard. That's hard to put him at the running back yeah. spot. I mean, Matt pretty much is, is then, solitary on offense. You know, and then he comes off, so get a drink, we'll go back in there, and then Matt goes 99 on one play. It's kind of hard to make a run after that. So, right. You know, right. Matt's a, you know, he's a threat anytime he touches the ball. So it's kind of hard sometimes. Like, Matt, he'll look at me like, man, you're going in next play, but Matt just broke one off for 85. Right. So you don't get to go in next play. Sorry. Talk uh, talk about coaching Rich and Ritson, though. I mean, he said he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just you get him on both sides of the ball. I do. I so do. you're you're a better man than me because he, he he's one of the he's one of the most fun kids to be around. But at times, I'm sure he's also you know a little bit of a headache to a certain degree, just because you've got to challenge him in different ways than than some kids. I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, Ritson's a good kid. Yeah, like Ritson's a good kid. All of our kids are good. You know, and Ritson has a personality about yeah. it that's nothing, you know, it comes with being as good as he is and the natural yeah. ability he has. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's not that much different. You just have to put, you have to listen to him for a little bit. He's got to get his talking <laughs> out. And they're like, hey, man, we're probably not going to do that. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, and that come, that rubs some people wrong sometimes. But he is a great kid and a great athlete. And he will do most things you ask him to do. He just has to talk about him first, and yeah. he, so, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because he's trying to figure it out. He's been so good sometimes at things he's never had to learn right ins and outs of games. So like when he's so, so when he's talk. asking about things, it's not him questioning your coaching. It's like, why well, wow, I, I don't understand. I, yeah, I was able to do it, not doing it that way. Yeah. Like talk about kind of talk a little bit about that coaching a kid, like I said, that has athletic ability you know that that questions things and like you said not because he's not questioning it because you know he's questioning authority he's questioning because I understand you're telling me to do it that way but I did it this way and it worked before <laughs> you know yeah, it's kind I of mean, one of those weird he's, he's a sophomore right you know, that's he what I'm saying played as much football games as no. even a Colin who's just a year above him or Matt you know Matt can tell you different things about running the ball and telling him things because he's done it for four years right where Ritson you know he, we just moved him to running back his freshman year so he's only been a running back for two years and right. so there's just some some games he missed doing that and especially being a freshman not getting the JV games that he needed and the freshman games he needed now he's, you know he's felt the strength of varsity because of his ability and that's not a bad thing. I'm not knocking it at all. He just he doesn't know. But you know? talk about his growth from last year to this year. Man, that's just mature. he seems. He seems like he's much more. Last year he was a chicken with his head cut off to a certain degree, but in a good way uh-huh. um, because he he was so athletic. Now he is getting the concepts. Yeah, I mean it's just another year in the program. All right, it's so, another so it's year. fun to watch because now he's doing. Fundamental things last year that I'm not saying that he wasn't doing fundamental things last year, but a lot of last year he just he 
was 100% on his athletic ability and not reading certain, you know, things like that. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know, dog, man. He was a state championship wrestler at last year, man. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. You know, but I'm I mean, talking about the football I think he's matured a little bit more. Yeah. You know, and I think he's going to keep going with I that, mean, it's just another know? year of playing and doing yeah. those things. He, he understood what to do. He just did freshman mistakes. Yeah. And that's you're not used to seeing that in five eight yeah. out there and on a good football team. Yeah. yeah. This year you don't see, you know, the old adjective is for every freshman you start, you're gonna lose a game. Right. You know? And he just did those things and it's just he's going to be a great player. Yeah. He's just you're all looking at, you know, Keith Ferguson and Matt Lund and those people that have been around for him. You gotta remember he's young. And it, so it, it gets lost a lot of times, I think, how young, how him only being a sophomore, yes. In, in the and deal. so, you know, it's not that he was making mistakes. He was just playing football with the best that he was doing. It. He was yeah, doing a Bill. great job. Wow. He was doing a great job. And it's not necessarily, you know, he's a he's a dumb football. He's a smart no, football he's a player. Smart kid, yeah, he's a smart football player. He just hasn't had the reps. Yeah, and it just now that he's had some reps under his belt, and he's won a state championship, and he's had that success. He's like, man, I like this. And he wants to know more, like, hey, why are we doing this? And it's not, why are we doing this? It's, hey, can you explain to me, like, the ins and outs of this? He wants to know. So now he's, he's starting to figure Now he's starting to figure out and getting hungry about the concepts and what. And that, Knowledge. I mean, that that that's that could be scary yeah. for, for opponents in the and in that's couple what, of years coming you know, up. And Colin's been doing that since eighth grade. Right. Colin's a very right. smart player. And that's why he can call our defense and do things because he was he – was, that hungry as an eighth grader, he wanted to know he could be a coach on the field as an eighth grader. He understood yeah. our offensive defense inside out. And he does that all the time. Okay. Where Ritson's seeing that, like, man, I, that was cool. I did that. How did I do that? Oh, I did it because of this. And now he's wanting to know more. Like, so what? So if I do this, okay. Or if they come out here and I see this, I'm like, yes, bub, that's what we do. Then roll, okay. And so he's just, it's not that he's wanting to know more about the game. That's awesome. And he's becoming a student of the game. Right. And that's what's really, really good about it. Yeah, because if you, if you can make a kid, that has that much athletic ability to become a student of the game, then it's it's scary. Um, and people take sometimes take the questioning because of yeah. body language, right. them questioning us, but you have to get him through it. And they're like, no, you're asking yeah. this. I get it because yeah. he's still trying to figure out how to ask the question because he is a sophomore. Right. I mean, that think about when you were a kid, you didn't know how to talk to your this. We've talked about this. Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't know how to talk to my dad until like last year. And oh. I was 34 years old. So. No, no, no. And, <laughs> yeah. No, I was always like, yeah, oh, pretty stout. Yeah. yeah. Freshman and <laughs> sophomore. Yeah. Freshman and sophomore year, I, was, I thought all my coaches were idiots. I was like, oh, this is easy. All of this is easy. Um, and then, like I said, as I've gotten older, I'm like, I guess I was a pretty good athlete, but I'm like, yeah, I should have listened way more and I would have been a way better athlete. I would have been a way better player. Not probably wouldn't have changed my athletic ability, but I would have been a way better player yeah. because I was, you know, I mean, I think I was I was combative. It's, right, still, yeah. it's the lawyer. <laughs> no, it's it's a pleasure to coach Ritz and you know, is it is it frustrating? Coaching anybody's frustrating. Oh, coaching yeah. any 14, 15, 16 year old kid is frustrating. <laughs> and He's no different than coaching anybody else. He's a great kid. He wants to learn. He wants to play. He is. He's fun to coach. They're all fun to coach. I love it. I love coaching. I, yeah, it's my passion. I love it. That's and, awesome. You know, he's and when they're good, you know, just like you were talking earlier about my twenty-three inch vertical. It's <laughs> I get excited. You know, uh, 
Well, that was a play. Big, that was a play too. Would you say he, he didn't do the right thing? Yeah, but no. he but he he saw he something and yeah. capitalized on it. Like, he, would you tell me what you said? If you're gonna if you're gonna do something wrong, make a play. You know, that's the <laughs> rule. Yeah, if you're gonna do something wrong, make a play. And it, and it, not necessarily he did something wrong. He just got the wrong play call in. He, right. He didn't hear the cut part of it, and he saw the opening, hit it because he thought he was supposed to go, and he went as hard as he could and made a play. I was excited for him making the play, and I, you know I get excited. Yeah, you got excited. I get excited. <laughs> it's you know it's part of that coaching life, and you know you hear all the time Coach Castro up in the box celebrate that celebrate you know because he's not down there with her. Oh no, no, he's not. But he is celebrating that, and I promise you, he is celebrating in the box. Oh no, he is. So <laughs> this week we were in the box with him. So he and I had. Uh, had a lot of fun this week in the box together, and, and then Saturday morning he was like, "Do you guys have that much fun in the box every week doing the game?" I was like, "Yeah, we do. Yeah. At least I do. I mean, just because you know, football is a crazy and exciting game, and and I mean, when when good things happen, ooh, celebrate them. Uh, yeah, celebrate yeah, them. Us old men go back to the sixteen-year-old kids that we were when we were on the field, you know, and think we can, you know, yeah. And I, you know. I was celebrating the situation, but I was also celebrating, you know, Ritson's success. Yeah. You know, he is, I was happy for him and the success. And I do the same thing with Matt Scores. You know, I yeah. celebrate with all those kids when they do something big. You know, sometimes Matt's like, I'm tired. I just ran 99. Let's not celebrate. Let's just hug here. So it's fine. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I don't want to we'll do whatever here. you want to get. <laughs> yeah. So he had 185 yards. Hey, shout out to David. David Dillingham. For, for giving me the stats, but he had 185 yards. Rushing. Uh, he had, yeah, rushing. He had 611 on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had four touchdowns, two rushing, two pass. Yeah, I think he had 85, 85 yards 85, receiving. Four, yeah. And what, how, so he's four. I don't talk about it because I want to, but it's like four something to break. Four sixty. Yeah, something like that. Somewhere in that. So it's, yeah, if it's you less than five. Corral, it's up there. It's on the billboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's less than five, um, but I think it's four sixty something. And okay. uh, I mean, he, he's close. Right. He's close. But the the awesome thing about it this year too is, eighty five yards receiving. Yes. I mean, we, yeah. In the years that I've been around, and the years watching Matt, I mean, been been involved in y'all's district since he was a freshman. I mean, throwing the ball to him was never really an option. Not not because it wasn't in the gameplay. Not saying that yeah, it was I mean, anything to do with him. His first high school touchdown was on a pass. People don't realize that we came out empty one time. We ran a little. We were in smash concept, and we had him out in the empty spot. And we ran a B go. He went down the middle of it and put, caught it again. That's okay. his first touchdown. But no, we don't really throw it to him out of the right out of the uh, the box much. We uh. We throw the brown wheel, you know, we wheel him out of it off of the boot concept, yeah. and that's the main pass he's caught over his career. Now we're throwing the swings. Now we got the B screen. We changed our B screen a little bit this year, and that's more XO stuff, but we throw it a little bit to him on the edge a little bit, and things that we haven't done in the past just because we can. Well, in the swing, I mean, the swing is so awesome with him because it gets him in space. In and space. It's dangerous. He um, is dangerous in space. He is incredible between the tackles in space. But now if you can just swing it out there, it adds a whole new dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, like on the on the screen. I mean, it was, yeah. it was nowhere designed to go cut all the way back across field. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he his vision, his vision has gotten way better, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Um, and now he also, 
Yeah, he can go 99 yards. But some of his most impressive runs this year have been seven and eight yards mm-hmm. because junior, sophomore, junior Matt would have gotten a yard. Yeah. And tell me if I'm wrong on that. I, mean, I coach him every day. I mean, I agree with that. Uh, his vision's better. But, you know, I always tell him, you know, don't look for the cut. Go find it. And I mean, what yeah. I mean by that is you better hit the hole hard and yeah. run. And anytime you're looking for a cut and looking for anything, your feet are even. And as a running back, if your feet are even, you're, you're done. Out. Yeah, you're done. And so I always tell him, and I'll tell him, run, 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 run. Trust your speed and go find the cut because it'll come to you naturally. And if it doesn't, you know, it's BYOB. Be your own blocker. Lower the head and see if, and always finish forward. So so that's an incredible – okay, I've never heard anybody explain it that way, and that's an incredible way because, like you said, if you're looking forward, then you're square with the linebacker. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and your shoulder blades are shoulder blade to shoulder blade, and yeah. you're ready to go, and you're, form, you're getting form tackled at that point. Yeah. Um, that, that's an incredible way to explain that. I've never heard that before, and that's an awesome job of coaching. Did, did you get that from uh, coaching linebackers and running backs? Yeah, I mean – I know I think I'm a decent running back coach because I know how to coach linebackers. Right. And I know what we're looking at as a linebacker and where it's coming from. And it's always from the running back. Yes. Yeah. If his shoulders are square, I love it because I'm fitting up on you hard. If your shoulders aren't square and you're out there, I'm still having to flow and then my hips get out of alignment and that's not good always. Well, we just talked about that with Colin. If if you're not there, if you're not there, then you're arm tackling and you're running right through that. And that's what I tell the kids all the time. They, they'll see the running backs will see a hat cross on someone blocking out in the receiver area, and they're wanting to cut back or get their feet even. I said they're still a high school kid that has to tackle you, right? And so if you're trusting your speed and you're hitting that edge or you're hitting that hole as hard as you can and you're running through it, yeah, they may fit you up, but you're going to get two or three more, or you're going to run through an arm tackle and they're going to bounce off you because you're you're running with so much momentum, right? So trust your speed. You'll hear they. That's another thing, you know, when the freshman running back were running in practice one day and he kind of shuffled his feet and you hear Matt Lund, trust your speed, trust your speed, because I was insane. And, and you're sitting over there going, oh, that's a proud papa moment. I was like, <laughs> yeah, about time you listened. Right, 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 right. So, 100%, dog. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm incredibly impressed with Matt Lund and his leadership ability. The the growth I've seen him from freshman, that and taking over that B-back room and being that leader and being that guy that those can look at and Ritson's following rotten footsteps so when Matt graduates, hopefully Ritson can take that spot, and he should. Well, and, and I mean, it's awesome to see those two together. You know, and there's yeah, a lot of jealousy that could happen. Yes, that that's, that's good mentorship. That's right there, right? that's one thing that I that I want to compliment you on uh, because in a situation when you've got two that are as good as those two, sometimes there could be you know some friction there and this yeah. and the other. But Ritson has, you know. When when Matt scores a touchdown, Ritz is the first one out there. And Ritz scores a touchdown. Matt's the first one out there. They seem they yeah. seem like they are in tandem and, and could care less who gets whatever on offense. Um, but I mean that's a that's a great job for on you for for coaching the kids up that way and kind of leading them to that path. But I mean it's also Matt. I mean yes. Matt has accepted, and I think and it, Matt may not admit it, but I mean I think. Halfway through last year, Matt became a way different and better running back because all of a sudden he was like, I'm learning something from this freshman. I agree with that to an extent. I think a lot of when he came back, he realized what Ritson could do. 
And now the the whole load wasn't on him. And I think it took a little bit of that stress. Like, hey, man, we can share this load. Let's go win together. Yeah. Type thing. It was, you know. And, and that, that's kind that, of where I was going with that. And he, I, he was taking, you know, 25 to 30 carries a game. Now <laughs> he's having to take 15 to, you know, they're 10 and 10, yeah. 10 and 15. Now we can share this load together. And now we're even better. Yeah. Because now I'm not tired as much. Yeah. And now you're going in there and it's, you know. Ritz is not slow. Don't get me wrong, but Matt's no. a different gear than Ritz. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. Matt and Ritz is a different, you know, different, different style. Animal. Yeah, yeah he, you better bring what you got to tackle Ritz. Yeah, and so he's going to go in there and pound, pound. Then Matt's going to come out the end, and it's vice versa, you know, and things like that. And so it's just they realize like, hey, I need you, and you need me. Because if you look at any program from pro to college, it's not one single running back. No, there's no way to take that many. That many carries. And people get upset with the NFL. I mean, we can get into a whole diatribe about that with the NFL, you know, not valuing the running back. But part of the reason they don't is because you you can plug and play a running back to a certain degree if they have ability. Now, how many teams have changed over the years? But and not many have the ability as those two as Jackson right. and Matt have. I mean, yeah. I, I would say you know they some great running backs in five A, mm-hmm. but we had the best tandem. Yes, I mean you know I mean I I understand there was Avery Roberts again from from Carl Albert whatever yes. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. He's a beast, but. I don't know if Carl Howard has a written has a two. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. when he's getting getting in contact with our, our linebackers, it's gonna change the story and we got two of them though. We take we talk our Armor's coming up. We're gonna talk about that game, right? I feel like for, for Ritson, right? Mm-hmm. The, the his coming out party as a running back was Armor game, right? Yeah. Matt was so, out. Yeah. yeah, so so we got to see Ritson come out. Mm-hmm. He got to we we got to see him do his thing. How does that change uh uh, your your coaching stance. What what did you learn from that game? Uh, man, I really just walked up to him and said, "Hey, man, you're going to take every snap on defense still, but you're going to have to carry the majority of the load." And we still had other people play running back that game. You know, Peyton, Peyton. Pearson came in and had a touchdown. Right. Bernie uh, Warson came in and had a yeah. touchdown running. But I said, "You're going to have to take the majority of it because these guys, you know, they're playing defense too." Yeah. And so he just, you know, being Ritz and he stepped up to the challenge. You know, you challenge Ritz and he's going to do it. And like he did a phenomenal job on it, um, and I knew he could do it. I was just worried about his conditioning, yeah, because he hadn't even tried to do it. Yeah, and he did a great job. I mean, he was in better shape than I thought he was. Yeah, he ran a ball hard. He fit in his gaps hard defensively, and I knew he was he was good. I knew he had the ability to be great, but that's the time. That's one of the first times I was like, man, he can be special if he really puts the work in. So, and with his, you know, with his family, he comes from a great family, and yeah. and his dad contacts me all the time, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I I appreciate parents like his. Yeah, because I mean, all they're doing, is, Mike does a great job of trying to get Ritson better. Yeah, I mean, and it, it doesn't matter what sport it is. I mean, like I said, Ritson, baseball, wrestling, football, whatever. I mean, Mike's always trying to, you know, push him. Same thing with Jensen and. Case I mean, does just a good job there across the board. I mean, that's a pretty fun thing to watch. But piggybacking a little bit off of that, I mean, was it so you you coach a singular position on offense, mm-hmm. but with two different type of styles? I mean, how like not necessarily how hard is it, but but how like you got to coach them differently because they're different kids. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, does that add this? I don't. How does that kind of? I coach every kid different, basically. Um, okay. 
Yeah, so is it all about the, is it all about like their mentality and the yeah. way that okay? But also they know I'm going to be the same person every time. Okay. They, they're same. The standards are the same. No matter who's running the ball, the standards are the same. Uh, we we still run to find the tackle encounter. We look at the play, you know the backside linebacker and dive. The, the, the technique's the same. What you can do physically is up to you, and I want to see what you can do. And whatever you can do, you can do. And you know, trust your speed, trust your abilities is what I tell them. When I, then they know what I mean by that. Like I've had the personal conversation, you know, with each one of them. When I say, "Hey, trust yourself, trust yourself," they have no. I mean, I can make a jump skip there, or I, I have to turn up and get my pads level there. They know each one, and that's just. You know, spending time like all of us, our coaches do. Our coaching staff is amazing. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Oh, we talk about it a ton. Um, and we, yeah. yeah I mean, I, and then not just me. I'm taking me out of the thing. Like, I don't, you know, I love this coaching staff. I've been on some great coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, I've been because, I've, yeah. Kelly Beebe, one of the best defensive minds in the state. I've been at the, in the Kingfisher Pro where Jeff Myers being a great head coach and I don't, you know, people talk about how good our coaches are here, and they, I hear it all the time, but I don't think people actually step back and realize how great Charmer Wyatt is. He no. is a exceptional head coach, and I'm not just talking about X's and O's. I'm talking about being able to manage a program. And, and, manage, is, a, and manage a community to a certain degree. I yes, mean, and when I say manage the program, it's, you know, it's the kids there, the culture around it. It's the parents, the parents, it's, and the coaches, and the staff. administration. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I I wholeheartedly agree. I've been, you know, I've been involved in football my entire life, and it's it. When when the one of the first times I got to hang out with you guys, you know, two or three weeks into the season last year, became you know, I was in this that, and the other, and and came up to hang out with you guys, and was like. This is it. Yeah. Like, this is the whole. This yeah. is this is y'all. Y'all are playing five A. This is the yeah six of y'all or seven or whatever that number is. I was like, you guys are doing phenomenal. Yeah. With 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 the resources and things, and now we've had we've been able to add TJ and yeah. and but yeah, like like you said, some of the things that he does to make all of y'all feel comfortable and say yes. things like that. And the, but he also relies on you guys enough to make it where it's a staff. You guys are important. Yeah. Like 100%. Like yeah. I've been around head coaches where uh, I can replace you. Yeah. You know, you, I work you're for us. Yeah. Okay. You're replaceable. You, you know, you, I, I hear what you're saying, but next move yeah. on. And he is like, you know, like I said, I have those coaches and like, Kelly Beebe is a Hall of Fame coach. Jeff Myers is a Hall of Fame coach. And, like, I see them out and they're like, hey, you know, how's it working for the young guy? You know, because they know I'm older than him. And, you know, like, I was a young guy on their staff. Yeah. And I was like, y'all don't understand. He is going to be great. How people talk about y'all is how they're going to talk about Chandler Wyatt. And I don't think people realize how great well, he, he is and, going to be. And he is. And he's 30. Yeah. And he's 30 years think old. Think about when he's 35. That's what I'm saying. I mean. It's just amazing. Yeah. And then you my, go from him to Coach Castro. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the offensive coordinator behind that type of head coach. Yeah. And and Baker. He, he is the best O line coach in the state. And if you want to argue that, I'll argue with you all day because I've been around some great ones. 
uh, argued all day long what he can do as far as technique, watching a kid step, kick step, and do, and breaking it down to individual like toe placement, hand placement, and then the relationship you have on top of that with the kids. Oh yeah, phenomenal. And, and then you go to and Baker family. and yeah. the families, yeah, Castro. You know, those O-line families. Yeah. just <laughs> he adore him. The best O-line coach in the state of Oklahoma, and he won't admit it, but I will. I'll fight okay. for that. Like they. I've been around some great ones. What is the reason why he was named, Yeah, you know, what he was named last year? I've been around some, you know, Scott Mick at Guthrie and, you know, all the different ones have Stuart Peart and Mike and all, all these guys that are, you know, have to go talk at places. He's with, like, he's better. And I'll, I'll look at those guys in the face and tell them that. And I have no problem with that. And then you go to, you go to Jack Baker on defense. Like, our, our top of our staff is phenomenal. Like, you ain't going to outwork Jack. He's going to watch film and he's going to notice little things like, Hey, the wings heads here, and so they're going here. He's going to find little things, you know. The quarterback's t- foots this placement versus this placement. He's going to find those things, and then he's going to be able to spin and call things off of that. He, you know, I've already talked about, you know, Kelly BB. You want to be the, one of the best minds in the state? You better have Jack Baker in that conversation. Well, and he's not going to admit it because he's humble, and I give him a hard time about the <laughs> Jack Baker D. <laughs> All the time, and it's just a thing because I'm a little brother. I'm a little brother with my wife, also like to pick and razz at everybody. I'm that guy, so I do it to get on him. But he's never going to admit how good he is, but he's good, and and he won't admit it because you know he'll. But I never made a tackle out there. Those kids have made a tackle, yes, you know, but he's put him in position. The one thing, uh, yeah, the one thing that's funny too is like, like everybody always talks about the offense because the offense is shiny and scores points and this, that, and the other. But I mean. I think if you ask Charmer too, everything starts with the defense. Yep. Mentality. I mean, everything starts. And I mean, Castro, first thing he says, we're a better offense because Jack Bears our defense coordinator and our defense is so dang good. And I mean, out, the outsiders look at in, look at scores and say, oh, their offense is rolling, they're this, they're that, yada, 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 yada. But I mean. We're giving up 8.3 points a game. If, if we're going to get to the point where we want to get to, where we say we're going to get to, you know, week 12, week 13, week 14, mm-hmm. it's all on defense. Mm-hmm. Not all. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, that's where it's going to start. you got to be able to run the ball and play good defense. And play good defense. you got to run the ball and stop the run. Yeah. And everybody, oh, they're scoring some seven, yada, 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 all, all those points and stuff like that. But, I mean, if, us, if we're going to get to that point, it's going to be – Adam Castro and Jack Baker and yes. the running game and the defense that's going to get us those. There. Those two guys are – and they're they're so fun to coach with and Chalmers is fun to coach with. Everybody on staff, don't get me wrong. I, and they're Warren, so fun. They're so fun to watch. Interact. Interact. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the best way we can put that. You know, they're fun. And, uh, you know, and that being said, and then, you know, our our swing guy that goes you know from position to position is Cody Rowell, a state champion wrestling coach, <laughs> who brings the mentality of that we have to have to be hard nosed. You know, a lot oh. of staffs don't have that guy. No, they don't. That that type of caliber person, like oh. he is a great person. He is a great person for those kids. You know, he he can sit up here and say he's a wrestling coach, but he knows football. You know. Oh, and he yeah. said it. He, he said he did last week. We had him, and he yeah. said he did. And the, yeah. last week, after the first and second grade game, we lost. And he called up not only the kids, but the parents. and was like, here's how you, we're going to win in high school. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's the first and second grade game. But right. 
and, and we talked a little bit about it with him being the wrestling head guy. He understands what what it means to be the head guy. Yeah. So he is taking that you know that discipline and that whatever is being the head guy. Yes, he is the head first and secondary coach. But he called the parents up too and was like, "There's some things got to change if y'all think that." You know, he's a, that that this is going to be easy as you move forward in in, in football. And things he like is that. phenomenal for the culture of Elgin sports. Uh, not I, just wrestling, not just football for sports. He is phenomenal with. I, I text Schaumer last week. I text Schaumer after, and it was like, because I Cody's one of the only ones on the staff that like I've really haven't gotten the chance to to interact right. with a ton. And I texted. I was like, "That's the Godfather of your own staff." Yeah. <laughs> And he yeah. was like, he was like, and if you perfect, yeah. You know, and I mean that, and I mean that he, he really is like he. When Chalmers sat in here and said he's the glue to our staff, I was sitting there going, yes, I don't, like you know, I, I see him, I talk to, like we're, we're friendly, but yeah. And then when he came in here and had the intensity that he had to explain things and. And then the emotion that he had to hear Chalmers say that he was the glue, yada, yada, yada. I, I was like, Cody Rouse is the godfather of all oh my sports. <laughs> and he was like, man, after, after that Reno game, I had a, a football player come up to me and say, I ain't worried about nothing. We got Coach Hill <laughs> and Coach Rouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told me. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I start stretching too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we need to do, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it was. Though. Coach Coach Rao, man, I, I love that man to death. You know, his wife watched my son for a while. And, you know, he, my youngest one, when you know, she watches kids a little bit. And so, my kids and the Rao kids love each other. And it's fun to watch those young two, <laughs> Witten and my son. <laughs> I went over there one day to pick them up. And, you know, his wife was like, there's, he's just so sweet and so nice. I was like, my son? <laughs> right, right. No, and I look over, and Witten has Easton in a headlock, and Waylon is go, going off the top rope with the bunt of the bounce house, and frog splashing both of them, and they're all three yeah. laughing. I'm like, the frogs okay, right. that's why. But that's, like, what they, that's what they mean by <laughs> sweet. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it's they're, – they're fun, and it's awesome staff, and – I enjoy it a lot. And, you know, we still have those two young guys on staff, too, that I haven't mentioned, uh, Oren and yeah. Brandon. And they're they're going to be great coaches one day. And they, I love those two. They're fun. You know, I don't think they get how what they're learning right now. They do. No, good. I think they, they do. do. Good. They good. Do. good. 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 Because, like I said, I'm they're looking stuff. in. So, it's awesome. You know, sometimes, like, you know, I mean, yeah. they're just – they're not as loud personalities. <laughs> yes, okay. they're not. They have some personalities on our staff. Yes, there's a lot of there's okay. a lot of alphas. There's not many. Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, a lot of alphas. Like yeah. I feel like I'm the newest guy, so like they they they, they come out of the way. I feel like sometimes uh, I, I talked about Coach Hill, you know, kind of being uh, the big brother to me, bringing me in, but they they come out of nowhere to help me out and just say stuff to me like, "Hey, this is what they need to do" and stuff like that. I'm like. Thank you. I was clearly not talking that way. <laughs> yeah, Dude, it, it's so funny to watch you got watch y'all staff interact from the outside looking in to a certain degree. Because mm-hmm. you know we hang out here and there and this that and the other. And there's so many alphas. There are so many alphas. And then Chomp, Coach Wyatt is the 
least alpha of anybody. Ooh. At least oh, alpha wow. anybody in a public setting. But then all of you, then you're like, you're like, okay. So from the outside looking in, you go, there's a lot of alphas and Chalmers kind of the cool, calm and collected. And then all of a sudden you kind of get in the middle and you're like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah, don't, don't let his size <laughs> fool you. Boy. I understand that. You know, we kind of give him a hard time about his size sometimes, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, him and coach Rao. Ooh. Yeah, don't 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 cross either one of them. Yeah, so yeah, but it's funny. They're it's a great staff. It's a great mentality. And, you know, alpha whatever it is, it's just some loud personalities and right. people talk. Alpha's not their type A. Yeah, type A personalities. But it, but and Charmer can kind of calm it down to like a, a he can watch can, and then he he'll can, go. I think that comes to also a lot to the, the people that you choose to be around you. You know what I mean? What because I mean, because you, you, you can have anybody around you, right? You can be the greatest leader ever. But if you have somebody around you that just doesn't want to follow, they're not going to be great. You know what I mean? To be a great leader, you have to learn how to follow somebody. But you have but to, to be a great leader, and, and, and here's where I would go with, with trauma. To be a great leader, he allows all of us to be us. He allows exactly. every single exactly. one of them to be them and to be the A. Exactly. But when he needs to say... Mother, I'm the A. Then they all also listen, and that's a respect thing for how he treats us. Yeah, you know, because he, he lets you great. be you. He yeah. lets you do your thing. He lets you. He lets me pick up Baker all the time, and they they roll at it. Yeah, and I can go over there. The other day, I, you know, Cody can just grab a hold of anybody at any time, and it's all sense a wrestling match in there, and it has to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And he likes it too that way. But when it's hey enough, it's like all right, time to be caught, time to sit in my chair and do my work, you know. And that's just part of him being the person he is. Yeah. And and it's the respect we have for him because he will allow us to be who we are and coach with our personalities, but it's still inside his framework. Oh yeah. And yeah. so he's a great leader, and I yeah. love working for him. I know he's a little bit younger than me, but he's still my head coach, and I love working for him. That's awesome. I mean, he's a great. Like I said. You know, you talk about all these great coaches in the Hall of Fame. You know, you can throw out the roses and all those people. And here in a few years, they're going to talk about why it that way. And That's awesome. I promise you that. And I don't think, you know, Elgin don't need to lose him. You can't no. lose him. No, you can't. He's no. phenomenal. And this is all for him. So, yeah. Do what you got to do to keep him. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of. Uh, we do Defensive Player of the Week? No, we're about to get into okay. it. Speaking of Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, we talked about Coach Baker. We talked about wrestling with Coach Ralph. Defense player of the week, Colin Donnelly. Yo, let's go, <laughs> man. Uh, to me, he's the he's the leader and a leader of yeah. the entire team. Yes. Uh, you talk about alpha personality. Yeah, uh, he is the alpha of the team, and you know he he's been that way since he was a sophomore. He's just a yeah. junior. Yeah. Um, Great kid, man! I love Colin Donnelly. I get to coach him all the time. Yeah, a linebacker uh, since he was a freshman. So Tell me about it because he's Golly. he's he's shut off to me. He does he doesn't like he doesn't talk to me much, and I don't talk to the kids that yeah. that much. Ritson lives 
couple doors down. I didn't so know. I, 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 run, I, I run in to Ritson every now and then, and, and Ritson's little brothers and my my daughter's class. So like I I know Ritson to a certain degree. Colin, I don't know, but Colin seems like just. He's like any other kid, man. He is a goofy kid. Right. He has fun. He wants but to be he, fun in practice. But, but if y'all are going to go anywhere, he's the alpha. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, you, I yes. Yeah, that's what that's what I see, and that's what I had that's 19, what I hope for. He had 19 tackles last game. And he, and let's go, let's, dog. Let's like, go. And there was times, <laughs> and there was times like he couldn't walk because the defense was on the field. Mm-hmm. Way, way too much. Talk about that a little bit because because uh, there was a lot of uh, late whistles <coughs> that was blown, and I feel like two of them, Colin Donnelly got hurt because they should have blown the whistle dead, and, and they didn't. But and, and I haven't talked to you about that since then, so yeah, y'all may have talked about. I it. mean, refereeing is a tough gig and high school football. You know, and I know some I know some referees because we've been doing this so long. So they like, hey, Hill, and I, you know, I know them outside. Because you know, there's some people that live in this area, and our kids are on the same, you know, t-ball team, and <laughs> we were on Saturday. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's different things like that. But I'm not going to talk about how bad or how good the refereeing was. They do the best that they can. Like I don't know about all that, but um, <laughs> I'm not. I don't. Don't ever look at me in a referee. And I have one that I know really well, and when he coached, when he and he knows me really well. And so when he's <laughs> officiating the game, I yell at him and him only because I know he won't penalty correct penalty. He's like, Lance, stop yelling at me. I'm like, no. I'm gonna yell at you at church this week too, because I go <laughs> <laughs> So don't call but uh, don't bring these but don't you dare. <laughs> uh, but we'll cut that back. Nah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Just the Jesus part. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh yeah, there was some, and it came from when he was like that. It was because he thought the play was dead and it was still going. And he was not prepared to to in battle. I mean, there's the whistle for a reason. And then you relax, right? And then he's getting hit again and things like that. Because when you're on the field as much as they are, you you, yeah. you, you got to take that 15 seconds, 10 yeah. seconds, whatever it is, to breathe and relax yeah. and whatever. You know, yeah. and man, Colin Donnelly is. Man, I, I can't tell you how much I love that kid and how much he pisses me off all <laughs> at the same time. And it might be because we're so close. Like, yeah, probably. And, you know, I go I go watch him wrestle. I go watch all of them wrestle. I, you yeah. know, I'm a big supporter of these kids, you know, and that's just part of me being a strength coach, I think. But that's your whole staff, and that's Right, cool. that's true. If you go to a basketball game, look at who's running the clock and that's yeah. running the, everything. It's the staff and yeah. like sitting down there, even with football. I mean, on football with wrestling, you know, I take a personal day and go to the state wrestling meet. Like, I take a day off and I go up there and sit all day. Now, those chairs are uncomfortable. But, we, you know, <laughs> there's been times being captured up there. But the kids enjoy that. And but the kids are also buying into it because they're also coming yeah. to the first and second grade games, third yeah. and fourth. You know, it's what you do. And, I mean, I know group. some of them have siblings and stuff like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah. some of them don't. And they're showing up to yeah. first and second grade game yeah. because. It's just the culture you have, you know, with yes, each other. We're building a program. Yes. And then. 
But Colin Donnelly, he is the leader of our defense. He's another coach out there to an extent, you know. Yeah. And he can get us lined up and un, you know whenever we need it. He can see that he studies, and you know it's nothing for him to call or text one of us on a Saturday Sunday. Like, hey, what are we doing next week? You know, and talking different that's things. Right. That's awesome. And so you know, he's biting for it. Yes, he's ready. He knows he's that guy, and he knows he has to be. You know, and last year he's a captain. This year he wasn't, and you know. It's one of those different things that happens inside like the growth of a program and a growth of things that, and it's not a knock against him because he is the defensive captain. He's a GM, whether he has a C on his chest or not. No, and so, but he is, he is that guy. I what? promise you, uh, he's that guy. Okay, when we need a play to happen. We look at that guy, and he's got a whole other year. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's the cool thing about a lot of these kids have another year. Yeah. You know. We rolled which, into this year understanding. Which Matt Lund had another year. Yeah, yeah. We rolled into this year understanding that you know we, we returned everybody. Mm-hmm. Next year we still return a ton of people. I mean, a lot of these kids. I mean, we we lose some good ones. We lose. Some, we lose some very very good ones. Don't get me wrong, but we've now started to build a program to where those freshmen is the next man up. Yes. And they're getting they're getting playing time and they're getting playing time on Friday nights in varsity games. Yeah, right. Running down on kickoff because they're playing freshman game. They're getting two games a week. Yeah. And before our our teams weren't getting that. No. We had to save them for Fridays. Yeah. And now that are and that's allowing even growth in our junior and sophomore. Class. Oh, absolutely. Now they're getting the full reps. Everything's now running down. It's just it's awesome to watch the growth in the last four years. I've been here four years. I don't know if we talked about that earlier, but it's been. a I went from the defeated season to this, and it's it's been a lot of fun watching. Yeah, because how many leaders on the field though? That, that that's a big deal. Even even with the the, the youth kids, you know, like mm-hmm. I've talked to about Cody. I believe I talked about you. I'm sure I've talked about you as well. The the, the kids uh, they listen to the older kids more mm-hmm. than they do us. So I can tell them one yeah. thing a hundred times. It takes one older kid. Oh, yeah. It takes yeah. a Colin Donnelly to tell them that yeah. one time, and it's game over. For example. I would at 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 the cash game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was I was trying to do anything I could to yeah. figure out. So I'm talking. Colin's down there talking. I was like, Colin, hey, bro, yeah. hey, let's talk about this. You yeah. know, uh, you know, and, and you know, he, he gave me a couple of things here and there, but you know, it, it is what it was. You yeah, know what I mean, That's, I know he's used to be in that position. His little brother plays the mic position, so plays his position. So yeah. That's that can get a little frustrating for someone, <laughs> and, that, and they're. Don't give me Brody completely D. I love it. I love Brody D. I, I wouldn't say completely opposite because we were giving Colin a hard time today in the office because he came in during lunch just to hang out. And uh, we are giving him a hard time like, hey, that was you when you were an eighth grader. He's like, no, it wasn't. I did not act like that. I'm like, yeah, boss, you did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not, not to that extent of Brody D, <laughs> but the, the maturity and – and Colin from his eighth grade, his so- freshman, his sophomore, to the, it's been fun to watch grow. Well, but you got to understand, so, and, and you probably do as well as anybody, because obviously you've been on staff, but I mean, we asked so much of those kids when they were freshmen and when they were sophomore. Like, yeah. we expected, you know, they were playing in one of the hardest districts in 4A. And they were freshmen, and they were playing. I mean, they were playing as Ethan Downs. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that game. Let's not talk about it. But you, you understand? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they were freshmen. And Ethan Downs is now, and 
freshman All American. I mean, yeah. did his thing. Yes, he is. He is went for Weatherford and done his thing and whatever else. And I mean, so we're looking at our freshman kids saying, "Hey, that kid's a junior, and you need to, or a sophomore, or a senior." At the, I don't remember, but senior, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go compete. Yeah, it's uh, and we asked a lot from those kids, and it was you know it's a hard time for you know it, it, COVID stuff going on, but then but you took your lumps so, and yeah. you and you learned from them. Yeah, and not only did y'all as a coaching staff learn from them, yes, but the kids learned from them. Yeah. So the kids now, I mean, not saying, it, it, yeah, it sucks to lose every game. Yes. But, I mean, they also know what it feels like to lose every game. Yeah. And so now they're at the point where they're like, we're not doing that shit again. We don't want to lose a single game. Yeah, and, you know, it's always made people mad when you're they're homecoming. But used to, we were everybody's homecoming for a reason. Right now, now people are scheduled as a homecoming. Like, hey, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 we're thinking we don't do that. that off. That's one of my top. All right, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> we you don't. What is up with that? Why would they do that? I don't get any of that. All right, so it's probably it's that time of year where you well, get in quick and. But probably it was also set up at least a year or two in advance. Um, but that still don't make any sense to me. Uh, that don't right. make any sense. It just why would you want to try to? To get your ass kicked on homecoming, it don't make any sense. Even if you look back two years ago, I mean, you, you couldn't. Yeah, I, it's just I don't know. I have no answer for that. Is that a morale thing to try to boost everybody's ego? Like, oh, I, we're gonna go out and go play harder tonight. I, mean, I don't. I have no idea about it. Like, it could be a couple years in advance, depending on the administration. But it's okay because our kids don't like it because they <laughs> no. were they were the homecoming a lot well, of their careers. Yeah. No, even before our this year. Right. Oh yeah. No. And, yes. 100%. And so they when they see that we're homecoming, that makes them feel that again. And it's not always a good thing. No, because they understand they went through it. Yeah. In 5A1, we may be the favorite right now. Coach Rao talked about it last week. He said that when his dad took him to the state wrestling tournament as a freshman. Yeah, watch. And that just, it made him watch it because he didn't make it. Just burned into right. his soul. Right. And watch it. So, it's a, that's our kids now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also, on the flip side of that is culture, though. So, now the younger kids know it's not acceptable to lose. The vision that Coach Wyatt has is coming to life. But the vision that Coach Wyatt has also includes. Yes. First, second, yes, all the way through, yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Building, he's building the program he wants, and he wants his town to have. And the it might be the program he was in with Coach Laura. I don't know. I can't speak on that because right. I wasn't there. Right. And it might be what Coach Laura was trying to do when he was here. I don't know, but I know what Coach Wise trying to do, and I'm 100 percent in on it. And and you're seeing it to life, and everybody's talking about it. Everybody's excited, and that's just part of what he's doing. Right, and, and and that explains like, hey, I mean, first and second grade is important. Third grade is important. Fourth grade, you know, all the way building up to this, like we're trying to figure out who these kids are, who do we have, who, what's going on, um, and employing the discipline because first and second and third and fourth, whatever, you're not disciplining the kids, you're disciplining the parents. Yeah, this is oh, what yeah. we expect from you guys, and I'm, I'm nothing against. I mean, I've got a first grade daughter. I mean, I'm not saying anything, but I mean, I think that was part of Cody Rowell's intention of bringing the parents up too. Like, 
if you want to be a high school player, I mean, it it, it takes you too. Yeah, yeah, and and. The part of that is, you know, a lot of people grow up coaching their kids. And yeah. that, that's a good thing. You want to be involved with your kid. I love that. But then when you hand them to us, let us coach them. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm not saying that at a dig at anybody, but you get to be a dad or a mom now. You don't have to be the coach anymore. You get to be a fan of your kid. And that's a big thing they need to, like, you need to accept so, that. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing. Yeah. That's Ryan. Yeah. Be a fan <laughs> of your kid. You don't have, you know, my dad ripped me every time I did something wrong. I get it, but he also, I know that's not what your coach is telling you to do. Why are you doing that? It was that type of talk. Mm. It's not, you know, you know, the quickest thing that can tear down a program is a kitchen kitchen table. Yes. The talk at the kitchen table. Thank you. I promise you that we're not doing anything that won't allow your kid to be great. We want success for your kid. You can see it in every one of us. Like, but there's someone on staff that you can build a relationship with. I promise you, and that's going to make him try to make him a better man and a better person and a better player. Be a fan of your kid because we're gonna we're gonna coach him hard, but we're also gonna love him hard. You know, I tell all my boys, <laughs> I call them my boys because they are. Yeah, you coach them like they're your boys. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, Chase Spencer. Every before every kickoff, you'll see me. I'll walk up and I'll give him a hug, and I say, "Do what you do. Be the person you're. Person I love you. Let's go." And I'm not even his position coach, you know. And I'm not the only coach that does that. A lot of coaches do that. And on our staff, you know, they tell the kids they love them and all that stuff. And it's just how it is. We love your kids hard. We're gonna coach them hard. So you get to be a parent and enjoy enjoy what your kid is becoming because we can't do what we do without y'all right. as parents. It's just how it is. Kind of dampen the mood there. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. good dog. No. Uh, we love it, man. We went, we Before our- we go in uh, to the Ardmore, I kind of <laughs> want to recap that Reno game. <laughs> as far as the shenanigans, we already talked about the good part with the players of the week. Me personally, I thought it was, you know, a little upsetting. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't talk about it a lot because I'll get frustrated with it. Um, and it's a lot of hindsight stuff because you yeah. know we didn't know everything that's going on on Squirtle and right. out there on the yeah. field. I just know that tempers were hot on both sides, you know, and it got out of control there on the field with some administration and coaches, and it was it's frustrating to see what, lack of better words, stupidity will happen in a high school setting. Yeah, because. People got mad for dumb reasons. Multiple reasons. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, was, it wasn't one thing or another. It and, just led to... And with things that are going on in today's climate, going back to the Choctaw and Dell City thing, yeah. things can get scary real quick. Yeah. And there's no reason for that at a football game. That is something that is pure, something that is enjoyable for everybody. And when you start getting your personal feelings involved, that's when the game gets tarnished and it's not okay. It's not okay to act that way in a professional setting, in a football setting. It's very upsetting. And I get tempers were high. I got a temper like no other. I promise (laughs) you. And I will go sideways real quick, but you can't do that. That is taking away from what these kids are doing, what us coaches are doing, and it's not okay. And it's very upsetting. And I, it's hard to talk about without getting very, very upset of better word pissed off about. Understand. Well, let's move on to the future then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, we, we, got, that's, uh, we, we, we got, could have said it better. Yeah. We, we got Ardmore coming up. 
Josh Nick is a great coach, by the way. Just throw it out there after the El Reno thing. He's a good coach. <laughs> not all there's not great coaches out there in every staff, but Josh Newby's a good one. So we won't have those shenanigans, I promise you. And it's a homecoming again. Oh, so okay. They picked yep. us Didn't homecoming. know that. So we're three in a row? Yeah, th- four, because we'll have ours after that. So yeah. well, okay. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, ours is five. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a record? I don't know. I've never been. I don't know. But I don't know if I've ever been. In watch it, watch the first ever. and second grade truck. We'll be sponsored by Vincent Sailor State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love it, man. It's a you know, it's another business trip. Yeah, it's like any other. It's no different than any other game. Uh, it's just a little bit longer drive, so we're just to leave a little bit earlier. Okay. We'll get the kids, you know, out of you know for seventh hour and head out at, at, during seventh hour. Get down there, do our normal thing. Get our little snack to get on the bus that our quarterback club gives us, which we're very thankful for. They take care of us. We get on the bus, and it's just a two-hour drive down there, and it'll be a fun time, man. There's a high expectation. You know, they're a traditionally a good program. Right. They're, you know, I don't know if I'd say down the last couple of years, but they're not to the standard that they've been the last few years. So it's a very winnable game for us. Like, it's a game that we should win. I believe I'll say it out loud, you know. That's fine. And I, but that also I've never walked into a game of thinking I was going to lose. Even, right. Even every game in 2020, we walked care. into Weatherford with Downs over there. I was like, man, we're going to win this game. Doesn't care. We're going to yeah, win this right, one. Yeah. 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 Right. And but that's just my personality. And I think any coach should think that. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're a good program, coached well. They have a good coaching staff. We'll uh, have to go to work. You know, we can't take anybody lightly. When you start taking anybody lightly, you'll get beat. And that's the hard thing right now with. The success we're having, you know, we got to keep pushing and we got to make sure these kids are pushing and understand like it don't matter who's across from us, it's a standard that we have to play to. Well, I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about Armour. Armour's a good football team. Right. We have athletes down there. So it's not just like, hey, we have to show up and win. We have to go to work. We have to show up every day, put our work in. You know, our work week starts on Monday. We go in, we get our install in the morning before school starts. We go in. Uh, go out to practice, make sure everybody understands the install, walk through it. Then we go out and it's time to get to work, you know, and it's, you know, oh, it's just, you know, I mean, I didn't make that play. No, make that play. You know, it's not, I'll get it next time. There's no next time. It's this play every time. And we close every play as hard as we can. And those kids have to learn to play every play as hard as they can. There's a standard. And, you know, used to as coaches, we would have to coach that sometimes. But now you can see the leaders of the team, you know, someone doesn't fit the right spot. Hey, get that to the next. Let's go. Let's pick it up. Let's go. And so they're policing themselves. And so it's sometimes these are coached and sometimes awesome. not. So, so talk a little bit about kind of that scout team and some of those guys that, that do the work. Yeah. You're only as good as your uh, scout team. Yeah. I mean, you have the best team in the world, but if they can't get a look. They can't, they can, they're going to be prepared each week. And we have a lot of kids, especially, you know, a lot of younger kids that are out there trying to work and trying to get that. And that practice play of the week has become a thing and they want to be that, yeah. you know, because if you're a freshman, that's not getting a Jersey, you get a Jersey then. Right. Oh, cause we don't see a freshman. So, okay. Now it's a little bit extra on that hey. working and doing things. And, but you know, our sophomores and up that they get jerseys, but it's, it's, us coaches have noticed you working and those kids have taken pride in it. Some people like Jake Deal, I mean, he is a freshman linebacker that is just, he's a car crash waiting to happen. He runs his body anywhere and everywhere because he don't care. He wants to play and he plays the right way and he plays with passion. He does that at practice and inside run with Keith is completely throttling him. <laughs> okay. You know, 
And what's awesome is those starters have noticed those guys that are doing it and they appreciate them. And they're trying to, you know, our, whoever the scout team center is trying to block Jace Williams. Then they go into a JV game on Monday. Boy, they wear people. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're hey. like, hey, that's not as hard as it's been all week. <laughs> hey. You know, and, and yeah, we you know, we see scores from from yeah. the JV games and the, yeah. those games, yeah. and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that 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 leads that's definitely on one to thing it. I want to start talking about every week is the practice player of the week. Was Jake Dill a practice player of the week last week? I think he was. Actually, sure. actually, I know he was. I'm not sure. Honestly. Yeah, he was. He was last week, and that's the kid we talked about earlier. He. Man, he's going to be a very good linebacker for us if he keeps progressing like he's supposed to and doing what he's supposed to, which he tries. He tries every day to do the right thing, and he's going to be, you know, you talk about Ritson, you talk about Colin, you talk about Little Meyer, you talk about all these other people, but Jake Dill's a kid when you, you know, keep your eye out for the next few years. He's going to, we call him a car crash because he don't care about his body. He will <laughs> run. Talk, talk a little about Little Meyer because, I mean, he, he came in for a little while. Mm-hmm. In the game, I mean, talk about him. You're you're the linebacker coach. Talk about a little bit about him. I mean, I know we've seen him some on offensive side of the ball, but he's we not, haven't seen him much on defense yet. I mean, he came in in a big spot. I mean, it's still the first half. Yeah, um, he's a kid I can trust. He knows what we're doing every week, like Colin does. He's not to the extent of Colin yet, but he's also a freshman. He's a freshman. Yeah, but he's a kid that you know he'll come up and ask questions like. When they're out there, we call something. Hey, if they come out in this formation, do I slide it? Do I? You know, he wants to know. He's another student of the game. Yeah, and he's he's very. He reads his keys well. He does everything right. He's just 157 pounds right now. You know, <laughs> where both of our linebackers are 210, and people don't realize how big those kids are. They're 210 pounds. They're they're big linebackers. They're huge linebackers for high school. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I, I don't think some people understand how we don't have the three hundred and twenty pound left tackle. But I don't think I don't think people out there understand how big our team is outside of that three hundred and thirty pound lineman. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we have kids like you said. I mean, our two middle linebackers are. Two ten. I mean, that's college size mm-hmm. linebackers. Both of them run a four eight, by the way. And and that's faster than most college size inside linebackers. Yeah, and they can move, and they're very well. And so, you know, someone like Kaysen, uh, who's a little brother to one of those kids, he's you know, you get out there and you're like, man, he looks little, but he can move. He can move. He can run, and he loves the yeah, position, he and he ain't scared of it. And so, same thing with the other kid that comes in is Kobe Morton, and he's a kid that, you know, I want to talk about a little bit. He is. Yeah. He's a kid that, you know, we had some injuries on the O-line. Or, and he has. And changed numbers. We changed his number. But, hey, man, you know, he was he was on the tight end. He was a tight end on offense. We're like, hey, uh, man, we need, you need to go into a lineman number. 50. And he was like, we got to win? Okay, we got to win. Okay, let's do this. And he don't care. You know, he's wearing 68 or whatever. And it, that's just what part of the team culture now. It's like, hey, we got to do this to win. Okay, let's do this. So let's talk and, about that. And team. he is not afraid of contact, boy. He will come strike you. He broke his collarbone last year in a JV game by hitting somebody. Coming downhill. Like, he's not afraid of contact. He might be – I mean, it's hard to be as physical as Colin. Colin's physical, yeah, he, but he ain't He ain't afraid of it. Go you know, he's – that's the one thing an inside linebacker we tell all the time. I can I can deal with you making a misstep. 
I can tell with a bad read. I can deal with a lot of bad Good things. Going, but you better come get a bot. And uh, those four guys plus deal. Man, I ain't got very many linebackers that so won't take a bot. I'm from nine through twelve. Little Sam Jotner who just moved in. You know, he just came to middle linebacker. He's been there for like since September or whatever started, and he will get a bot because like that's that's what we do. We gotta go down here and get a bot. That's what we do. Like that's what it's all like. Gotta be that's what has to happen. There ain't no options in it because I don't know if you know me or not. I will come unglued if you won't. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, <laughs> well, with that, You'll let's go ahead and go into uh, final words. Man, uh, man. Things are special right now in Elgin, and it's not just with the football. It's not just with wrestling. It's not just with our sports. It's a, it's a community figuring out how to be a community, kind of. In other words, I don't know how to say that any better, but it enjoy it, and it's fun, and it's almost a family atmosphere. And my family came over and watched the game. They're like, y'all have the right things. And it's a Friday night crew from our band to our dancers to our football team to the student section to the parents. There's a culture that's being put out there. And I, I take it back to the culture of, you know, what Coach Wyatt, Coach Castro, Coach Baker, Coach Rao have envisioned and Coach Hughes getting into this and Coach Lore and our admin doing it. They're doing the right things. And – be a part of it if you can. Yeah. Be a part of it in any way from the first grade, like we said, to high school. Be a part of it. And it is it's so much fun. And it needs to carry on to every single aspect of this town, every program in this town. And it's not just football. We talk about football a lot, but it has to grow. And that's what's fun to watch that it is growing. It's getting contagious and we have to keep it going and do whatever it is to make it grow. And I love being here. I live 22 minutes away and I enjoy driving here every day to be a part of this. And it's so much fun. And I'm excited to see the future until I get fired. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the coach in them. Cause at the end of the day, they may always get fired. It, it's a, it, always heard, you it, know, yeah, it's a terrible deal. There's a, co- it, it's either a coach is getting fired or being going to get fired. Right. It's one of those two things. So. Right. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's it's an incredible atmosphere right here, right now in Elgin. Um, just with everything that's going on, I mean, it's 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 incredible the way that things are progressing um, with football. Obviously, football is a catalyst, and whatever else, you know, everything else is great from there. But football is a catalyst. Um, and we're loving what we're doing right now. We're four and zero, so I mean it's it's an incredible deal. And we're we're set up to win a lot more ball games. We'll continue to grow, and then it's a lot it's a lot higher in the future. I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of it. You know, I mean, uh, I said earlier about Coach Hill kind of taking taking me on our wing, uh, big brother me a little bit. You know, and. I really do appreciate that. You know, uh, I'm just I'm just glad to be a part of it, man. Thank thank y'all for uh, you know you know teaching me shit, Doug. I, I appreciate it, man. At the end of the day, you know, I come I come into this with a an empty cup, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna remain that till I learn something valuable that I can help out with. You know what I mean? So uh, thank y'all, man. I appreciate it. And that's what all good coaches have is that they yeah. empty cup, and yeah. that's 
one of the things I can say about our staff is when season's over, we're looking at different podcasts. We're looking at different things to go to. Everybody's an empty cup, and that's what's making you so much fun to coach with is because you want to learn. Oh, yeah. When a coach stops learning, he needs to get out. Yeah. And so it's so much fun because when clinic season, which is hard sometimes because clinic season is right in the middle of wrestling season, especially for the coaches that do wrestling. But when you get when you get a young coach that yeah. is, that makes y'all's job easier because it makes you feel like, okay, I'm going to teach him. I'm gonna I don't know. Sometimes I'm worried I'm going to mess him up too much. Like, <laughs> but they do the wrong thing because I'm, I'm not the great coach. But you also want to like, okay, okay, so I got a sponge right now. Yeah. So I'm going to take this sponge and try and and learn and, and teach it, him and, and it do all those things. It's not so much look at him and teach him. It's like, hey, man, I've made that mistake. Don't make this one. You know, I've made that mistake. Don't. And that's what you're trying to do as a coach. Like, hey, this is what I know because I've made this mistake that you're about to make. Don't but make you it. love anybody that's willing and to jump absolutely. into it don't with have, you guys. Don't have broke hands. Go to work. <laughs> you know? And that's what Coach Bean does. I love Coach Bean. And he, he that's yeah. what he does. He's looking for work every time. And... Man, that's that's what you're supposed to be as a coach. Is look, I don't care how much you know about X and O's, as long as you're willing to work and learn, you can be a great coach.